Hi, I'm Melissa Smith. I'm Spencer Ziegler. I'm Serena Halstead. Welcome to our Data Lead podcast. We're now in the second part of our series on feedback. In our previous episode, we got a chance to speak with our WCPSS educators about the importance of providing quality feedback. In this episode, we speak with our students to hear their perspectives on feedback. The students we talk with are from kindergarten through high school. We started by asking them to describe feedback for us. Feedback. Mm, feedback. Uh, you want to go first? No, you say something. Okay. Feedback is like what they say when like they're judging your work or something. Mm. Like when they give you a three or something. Like my teacher saying something that I could do better on my assignment or something? Well, my teachers use that word a lot. So when I hear feedback, I normally think of whenever I have work to do and my teachers give me feedback on if I need to improve something. Sometimes it can be um, like good things that I have done on my work or sometimes it can be improvement. My teacher tell me what I should do and what I should do. Feedback. All right. Feedback to me is telling um, someone how good a product is or how good they're doing. And I actually don't know what feedback is because I haven't gone to first grade, right? I'm already in kindergarten. Next, they told us what kind of feedback they get from activities they do outside of school. Well, I like drawing and I have clay that I use at home. So I like making little characters out of clay. I will normally show it to my mom and she'll give me like if I need to add something more or if I need to take off something, she'll normally help me with that. So I play guitar, electric and acoustic, and bass, and ukulele. Um, I'm actually self-taught in all of those instruments, so that's something else that's been cool. Um, sometimes I'll go and like watch YouTube videos, um, and that's still another way of getting feedback because um, I can see what else I need to work on. Well, if I were doing a project, I would look at it for a while to make sure that it looks like the drawing that I have or the image I have in my head. But if not, I, I'll remind myself to go back and do that step again or to make sure it looks proper. I like playing video games. I, I, I play the um, Fortnite. I play Fortnite. I play the new Avengers. You play Roblox. I don't play Roblox anymore. I play... He has a new iPhone. He plays Roblox on that. No, I don't play Roblox. That's Minecraft. <laughs> that's, that's Minecraft. Um, I forgot the name. Um, so the way you, you know you're doing well in Minecraft is you're getting animals, you're upgrading your house, uh, Fortnite, you level up, you get new types of things, um, video games. I, I, I'm the one that mostly plays video games, but yeah, say like you're playing story mode on a game or something and you didn't follow the instructions, you'd probably die. I have a hoverboard. My hoverboard would throw me off, or it would throw Hayden off mainly. It never throws me off, not as I remember. And they crash it. 
We then asked them to recall sometimes when they got really useful feedback. I'd say the best feedback I've gotten is from my old art teacher. We were working on, on like abstract or something like that. And I, I didn't know necessarily what to do. And she gave me some things that I could do. Last year, I took biology honors. That was kind of a hard class for me. And so I would go like during lunch and see her for tutoring and stuff. And we would go over like my tests and we would do corrections and everything. Um, but a lot of the feedback that she gave me, I mean, she was just such a positive, uplifting teacher. It just made me want to keep doing better in her class. One day I was throwing the baseball, I was swinging my bat and, and dad came outside and showed me how to throw a baseball with a zip on it. And dad uh, first demoed me how to do it and showed me how to do it and that you were going to throw and that you were going to throw that way. Uh, and if you were going to throw, um, the louder the pop, the, the more that you're going to know that you, that you are hitting your target and you're throwing fast because the pop is a good crack and you can only pop it if it is, if, if you throw it with force. And so that's, that's how you knew that you were hitting your target and doing well. So I guess the best feedback was when we were doing ELA or English, we had to answer a question from the tech. And he said the best way to do that is look for words in the question and see if you can find the same words in the text or if it has a paragraph to follow. See if you can find the paragraph first and reread it several times. They then shared how they prefer to receive feedback. Uh, I I accept any form of feedback. I don't. It doesn't really matter to me. Um, I would say face to face or hearing a voice because if you see it in text form, I feel like you add your own advice to it, which means you're not really getting the full potential of it. So once they're saying it, they really explain more than if they were just to write it. I really prefer um, when it's face to face because I feel like when you're when you receive feedback online, there's a lot of different ways that you can perceive it. Um, I mean, I feel like that goes with most anything online but sometimes a teacher's tone may come off the wrong way in a message. And so that can further affect your relationship with that teacher. If you feel like they're targeting you or like, you know, possibly mad at you for something, I'm not really sure, but everything can be seen differently. So that's important as well. When I want feedback, uh, usually when I'm done drawing something, I want my sister to look at it because to me, she's like a Bob Ross, if you know who that is. What happened to me? You're, you're, you're okay. Um, Olivia's the best. Anyway, uh, we'll go ahead and ask her after I draw something for her opinion on how it looks. We wrapped up by having them provide advice to teachers on the topic of feedback. As far as feedback goes, I would say like kind of how we talked about just a minute ago, when you're like punctuating your sentences, like if you feel like if you reread it and you're like, okay, well, maybe that sounds kind of mean, maybe add, I hope this doesn't come off the wrong way. I'm not trying to be rude or anything like that. But yeah, I would like it to to be a little bit more direct, not like too direct. Like, so if I was um, doing not so 
well on the thing. I'd say um, more direct on the subject. You are doing great at this, but you need to work on this a little more. Some some kids they you should probably give feedback face to face in the meeting. Not you don't have to be in person, obviously, because not everyone's. What in if person it's negative person. feedback? And like some teachers, they don't want to tell uh, other other kids what they're giving feedback to one of the people. Sometimes, yeah, I feel like that would be a one on one situation. If you're, you know, if it's something kind of on like a big assignment, on like a test, or you're doing corrections or something like that. And um, in a situation like that, that would be important as well. I think tone can kind of also apply there as well, because if a teacher is like talking to a student in a one on one meeting, that could be important as well, because I mean, that could come across the wrong way or it could make the student feel like uncomfortable. Well, I would probably say you should probably start with the good things they've done first before criticizing the work they haven't done. So say if we were doing a sentence or a paragraph, say that they did good words or they did a really good definition. And then you could put the feedback that you would like to see in the work. I would like to hear that I did a good job. Melissa and Spencer, we have listened to our students' perspective on feedback they receive in and outside of school. We have heard some interesting details, which I believe it's important for us as educators. Melissa and Spencer, what one takeaway you have about feedback after listening to our students? Spencer, I'll start with you first. I'd say for me, after listening to their perspectives, uh, what stood out is just how much of feedback is in art as well as a science, and just how much of it relies on teachers crafting the feedback and delivering it away so that it actually can be soaked up by the student. And one of the things that stood out for me for this was um, actually a clip that didn't make it into the final episode, but I'll drop here just so we can listen to it. I've had a lot of positive experiences with feedback, very minimal negative feedback. I think the negative feedback that I've come across has just been me taking it the wrong way because I tend to do that a lot. It really hit me how she said, you know, sometimes the feedback doesn't land just because she doesn't take it the right way, or maybe it wasn't delivered in a way where she could hear it and really digest it. And it's made me think about how um, if we want feedback to be a, a fulcrum for continued growth, as Bill and Paul um, describe feedback, then you really got to artfully pull from the what, making sure that you're you're focusing on the, the processing and self-regulation as opposed to just like that self-level of feedback. You need to really think carefully about how you're delivering it um, so that it's a way that kids are going to be receptive and also the who, make sure the relationships are there so that they're going to be open to your feedback. And that's tough and that's tricky and that relies on a bunch of different factors that we craft as teachers. But that's the, to me, the art of feedback. I think that reminds me of just the art of teaching, right? Because mm -hmm. I think the relationship piece of it is not just in the feedback, but the relationship come to play when you are teaching a lesson. Like I'm thinking the same, like all of the things that the kids describe and in the clip that you just played would be the same as when as a teacher, I'm teaching a lesson, right? How it is received by the student, all of those things sort of come into place. It's not just what I'm saying, but how I'm saying it. And again, how they're taking it in. So I think 
we can't just think of these things in isolation, like the relationship piece happens in the instruction, as well as in the assessment, as well as in the feedback. I like that. So it's all about being mindful, right? At the end of the day, it's about students learning. It's about students progressing, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, in the feedback, it's, as Spencer mentioned, and you have mentioned, Melissa, it's how you do it. At the end of the day, how you do it, it's all about the students should benefit from the feedback. And so my takeaway, it's paying attention to how we provide feedback to students. Um, you know, while it's important to address the areas that they need to work on, right? What areas do you need to fix? What, what can be improved? It's also making sure that we're not hindering their progress while we do it. Right. Mm. Because the way we say it, um, you know, as one student mentioned, the relationship piece, if you give it maybe a um, oral feedback or whether you're just writing it on paper and giving it back to them, you know, you know, the interpretation as to how the student receive it is important. Right. And at the end of the day, we should aim to provide constructive feedback that leads students to improve or correct their work. I like that. And I like how how you put it that it's the students doing the work there. Um, and one of the quotes that really stood out in, in researching for the series was from Bill Ferreter and Paul Cancellari's book. That, and they quote, the one really competitive skill is the skill of being able to learn. And I think that's what you kind of tap into, that when mm-hmm. you do feedback right, it empowers kids that they are, they're the ones driving. They're the ones that learn how to learn. Agreed. So for me, my takeaway was listening to the types of feedback they get inside the classroom and and outside of the classroom, all things seem to lead back into the feedback that they that is helpful to them is feedback that has those learning targets, right? So mm-hmm. they talk. You had that student who talked about if it's modeled for him, like when his dad was um, helping him. So again, it has to be a destination. And again, to me, feedback, assessment, and instruction—they are all so woven together because again, you have to know where you're going. The students all spoke, kind of spoke to this sense of knowing my destination, having it modeled for me, and then having the criteria or success criteria sort of laid out. And so it's nice to see that even though we weren't talking about the parts of assessments or even those things that we talked in previous episodes, all of it is intertwined, right? That the learning target, the end goal, the destination that needs to be there. And students need to know the what, what does success look like along the way? And so they can then use that to to sort of self-regulate, self-assess and give mm-hmm. themselves feedback. Right. And so it was interesting to see that they are picking up on that aspect, because I think as teachers, I think it's all on me. But again, I think from what the, our students were able to say, if we clearly lay out, you know, this, the learning target and clearly lay out the success criteria, they can also be a part of that process in using the success criteria that we give them in our feedback to sort of regulate, change, improve and become better. So I thought it was really interesting that all of the pieces that we've sort of been talking about are all kind of coming together and they all play an intricate role. Like it's not just instruction by itself or assessment Mm -hmm. by itself or feedback by itself. All of the things that we're talking about come into play in all aspects, in your instruction, in your assessments, in your feedback. Yeah, that's a good point. I think so like with this podcast, we divide the content, we chunk it. So we had assessment methods and assessment types and then feedback as if they're separate entities. But I think you bring up a good point, as the kid said, that 
they're all interconnected. And even then, like going back to the art and science, that hopefully with this series, we're able to give the listeners some of the science piece. But one thing we don't know is your kids. So to take right. all those things that we're, we're covering throughout this season and then apply and be like, okay, here's how it's going to work for this kid and this kid in this context, I think is, right. is key. And that that's, I, th- I think that's what you're getting at and what we heard from the kids. Mm-hmm. And, and also, as you mentioned, you know, not knowing the kids, also providing that feedback with, you know, building that relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes, we might be giving that constructive feedback, but if the students not confident in you or confident in themselves, you know, we need to build that relationship with them first, you know, that I can do it, right? And they need to have that, not just from their perspective, but they need to know that the teacher is believing them that they mm-hmm. can do it. So, you know, providing that feedback, we need to build that relationship of trust with the students that whatever I'm telling you, it's to make you better. And I believe that you can do it. Perfectly put. Yeah, I like that. This brings us to the end of our episode. We welcome you to join us in our next episode where we'll get some perspective on digital feedback. We thank Maya Smith from Morris Square's Magnet Middle School for providing us with our theme music. You can learn more about this topic and send in questions for the host at www.wcpss.net slash data lit. Bye. Thanks. Thanks.